The presenting sponsor of Top Docs is Netflix. With Oscar season upon us, we wanted to call attention to two conversations with directors whose films have been shortlisted for Oscars that you can watch now on Netflix. First, we spoke with Margaret Brown about her film Descendant, which has been shortlisted for the Best Documentary Feature Academy Award. This brilliantly multi-layered film follows the descendants of the last American slave ship, the Clotilda. We explored with her how she juxtaposed their oral history with the search for the actual ship. I found this film to be a compelling mix of history, poetry, and advocacy for environmental justice. Secondly, we spoke with Anne Alvergay and Deborah McClutchy about the Martha Mitchell effect, which has been shortlisted for the Oscar for Best Documentary Short. Martha Mitchell, the wife of former Attorney General and Nixon campaign chief John Mitchell, was dismissed at the time of Watergate as being crazy and a drunk. She was, in fact, the victim of a well-planned gaslighting campaign hatched by Nixon, his top aides, and even her own husband. Stunning in its revelations and highly immersive in its creative approach, this powerful film will grant you a new perspective on those dark days of American history. You can see both of these films now on Netflix. Hi, I'm Ken Jacobson, and welcome to Top Docs. Today, I'm talking to Ziem Halle, the director of Children of the Mist. Children of the Mist is a coming-of-age story set in the mountains of northern Vietnam that follows a young Hmong girl named Zi, whose personal experience with the Hmong tradition of so-called bride kidnapping is at the center of the film. The Hmong people are an ethnic minority who live and farm in this rugged part of Vietnam. Children of the Mist had its world premiere at the International Documentary Film Festival Amsterdam, IDFA, where it won the award for Best Directing. It has also won prizes at Cinema du Real, Doc Aviv, Doxa, the Hong Kong International Film Festival, and others. It is also one of 15 documentaries named to the Oscar shortlist in the category of Best Documentary Feature. Previously, Ziem Halle directed the 2016 short documentary Beautiful Bed. Children of the Mist is her feature documentary debut. When I first heard about this film and its subject, it seemed like something that was either myth or out of an ancient society, but not a current custom happening among an ethnic community in northern Vietnam. But that is the case, and Ziem Halle basically embedded with a Hmong family in this community as the family's young daughter, Zi, comes face to face with the tradition of bride kidnapping, gets caught up in it at the annual Lunar New Year celebration, and has some very difficult decisions to face that will affect the course of the rest of her life. So the stakes really couldn't be higher with this film. The filmmaker, Ziem, talks in our interview about her relationship with the family. She got very close to them. It was a bit of a tumultuous relationship at times, but also one of trust. I think I can safely say Children of the Mist is the only documentary this year in which the filmmaker was asked by the subjects of her film, hey, could you please watch over the family buffalo? We'd really appreciate that. 
So in the course of filming and throughout this relationship with the family, the filmmaker Ziem not only is observing what's going on, but there are times when she becomes directly involved. And that for me is the most fascinating aspect of all of this and something we get into in the interview. So it's an extraordinary story and an intense, unique film by an impressive new director. Children of the Mist is being distributed by Film Movement. As usual, if you like this interview, please follow us and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and tell a friend. Also, please follow us on Instagram at TopDocsPod and on Twitter, also at TopDocsPod. And now my conversation with Ziem Hale, the director of Children of the Mist. Ziem Hale, welcome to Top Docs. Hello, Ken. Thank you for having me here. It's wonderful to have you and congratulations on being named to the Oscar shortlist. I can't believe it until now. Well deserved. Before we get into the film itself, can you tell us a bit about the Hmong community in Vietnam that's depicted in your film? I can tell you a little bit about the Hmong people in the north of Vietnam because I also come from another ethnic group in northern Vietnam. It's called Tai. And I have a lot of friends from Hmong community. And the Hmong community, they living in the north of Vietnam, in the highest mountains of northern Vietnam, and a little bit separated from the rest of Vietnamese people. And they have this strong culture, their own culture and own language. And they're a really interesting community in Vietnam. You also mentioned that you too are from an ethnic community as yes. well. Growing up, what was your level of familiarity with the Hmong people? Yeah, it's familiar. Like the landscape is pretty familiar. And my family, my parents are farmers too. They're working on the field and like my protagonist father. I think we have the same feeling when we're growing up in the mountain of Vietnam. As a child, it's so much freedom. But when we're growing up, I have to face with a lot of problems of hood. And it's really hard. Two of my friends got married very young. When they just 16, they quit school and they got married. It's the same in the Hmong community. And so that's why when I saw Z and her friend playing around on the village, and I just want to make a film about the beautiful time of childhood. And so that's why I start this film. So how did you first meet the main protagonist of the film, Z? I remember when I first met my protagonist because I follow one kind of workshop from Hmong people and from young people. They are my friends and they open a little workshop from Hmong children in the north of Vietnam. And there is like a photography, painting and filming workshop for Hmong children to tell their story. And I follow them and I touch my protagonist and her friend a little bit about filming. And when we saw the footage after that, and they were so happy. And so that's how we met in 2017. So in 2017, how old was Z? She was 12 years old. Okay. And then when you finished filming, how old was she then? When I finished filming, she around 16, I think. Obviously, the years between 12 and 16 are incredibly formative ones. And that's really what the heart of this film is about. Sees childhood turning into young adulthood. So at the center of the film is this Hmong tradition called bride kidnapping. It sounds almost like something out of a fairy tale, but it's actually real. So for people who have not yet seen the film, what is bride kidnapping? 
why kidnapping in Hmong culture means in Lunar New Year Festival, in two weeks, boys are allowed to kidnap young girls to marry them. Sometimes it's just simple to physically pull her to his home. And if the girl agree to get married, they can get married together. And the dowry from the family and the, from the family of the boy is a longest and they can get married without the parent permissions. And I understand that the tradition has changed somewhat over the years. Yeah. How has it changed? The tradition changed so much because the first is considered is a very beautiful story between two couples and they got married without their parent alarm. But it changed because the Hmong people, they live very near Chinese border. And after so many years, there's so much cases of woman trafficking and bride kidnapping from Vietnam through Chinese border. It just take two hours for my protagonist village to Chinese border by motorbike. It's very easy. And I met maybe five to six girls were kidnapped and sold to Chinese border. And I heard from Z, two girls in her school was raped and sold to Chinese border. And so I'm so very fear about that, very fear of my protagonist future. I'm curious, what is the Vietnamese government's attitude toward bride kidnapping? Vietnamese government, they try to don't put so much on Hmong people traditions, and they try to open a lot of opportunities for uh, the children. They open school and have scholarship for children to come to school, and uh, they try to convince every people to don't let the children get married very young, to children continue school, to have a lot of opportunities in their life. But there's it's one a little bit problems because the Hmong parents don't believe in their children will have success through education and will have success in modern life. And they still believe in tradition. And sometimes it's really hard for the children to convince their parents to let them to the school. And it's happened with some of my friends from another ethnic group too. I want to talk about you as the filmmaker in this situation in these high mountains of North Vietnam. It seems like you were kind of a one-person film crew. Is that the case? Yeah, I film alone with a borrowed camera from my friends. And I filmed it in the over three years. And I thought I didn't want to make a film about bride kidnapping. And when it happened with my protagonist, I feel very fear about that. I feel it can destroy my first idea about the films. In my mind, I don't want to make a film just about bride kidnapping in Hmong culture. What was your original impulse for the film? What was the focus going to be before it did shift over to bride kidnapping? First, in my imagines, I want to make a very beautiful film and happy and it's very innocent films about childhood and the children on my film will be very happy and free. They have their freedom, have their own life and have a lot of choices. But it changed when my protagonist is growing up. It's really, it's a part of our life growing up have to face with a lot of adult problems. So this is our life and I have to accept it and have to accept 
lot of sadness and loneliness and have to be honest with everything happened and have to play with, with the reality when we were growing up. So that's why I learned how to accept this into my film. You do an amazing job of observing what's happening around you and showing it as it unfolds. You also are there involved in some of these events. Um, yeah. And I want to get to that in a moment. But before I do, how did you become accepted within this small community and within Z's own family? After three years, Z dad, he told me like in the first day I went to Z village, I went to Z house. I immediately went to the field with them and planned rice with them full day. And I didn't say anything, but they feel like I can survive in the, in in their village. So that's why the Zidat allowed me to stay in their house because Zidat also have the feeling like it's really hard life from Hmong people living in the north of Vietnam with very hot weather, bad weather around, very cold weather, and it's really hard life for them. And they got pretty poor. And so when on the first day. They saw me working on the field with them. So that's why they feel that like I can survive in with them on the mountain of Vietnam. So that's why they allow me into their culture and they try to explain about their life, about their culture. And the parents took me everywhere in the village to join a lot of social events, to the wedding social, to the funeral event. And so that's why I can understand so much their life. And I feel I, I am in love with them in with Hmong people and they have very strong culture and they're very proud of it. They're very proud about the way they keep their life on the mountain of Vietnam. And sometimes when I went, went to Zivis, I feel like I have a new life to live and have to got into some very different space from my normal life. So that's why I really love that and I, I really enjoy it so much. I went to the village five to six times a year and sometimes I spend more than one month to stay with them and I film just four or five days, I think so. But most of the times I spend to playing around with Z and take care of the buffalo and went to the field with the parent and to drinking and <laughs> to drinking alcohol with them and enjoy the life as a Hmong girl. And I really love that. I really love the way the Hmong people, they accept me in their culture. And I really love the way they try to communicate and try to show how they're living on the northern Vietnam with me. I'm curious about a practical question, which is you mentioned that you would come there and maybe film for a month at a time. Where yes. would you stay, for instance? Would you stay at the, yeah. the family? Yes, I stay in the house with the family. I cook and I clean the house <laughs> for them. Sometimes I take care of the pigs and chicken and the buffalo. And sometimes I feel like a part of the family. Z's mother is a very strong woman. She's very opinionated. Yes. Yeah. She can be somewhat volatile at times. How did you get along with her and how did you come to be accepted by her? Sometimes I feel like because the mom get married with the father, sometimes she feel a little bit hard to speak out of their emotions. I come from another places 
And sometimes I feel like she consider me as her little sister. She just speak very few Vietnamese words, but she try to explain about their emotion with her husband. And sometimes I feel like she wants to talk with me about her emotion. And I like her friends and also like her little sister. And she try to protect me and try to explain for me about her feeling. But sometimes I feel her a little bit complicated. She is really complicated person. Sometimes she very sweet with her husband, but sometimes she really hard person and she go everyone in her family. And I think it's, she really complicated, but she also very lovely and really friendly people. But she really complicated. One way she went, Z, my protagonist, her daughter, continue school, have successful and be a freedom girl, be a freedom person. But sometimes she really want my protagonist follow Hmong traditions. She also a very Hmong traditional person. So it's sometimes it's really complicated to understand her feeling. Well, it certainly comes through in the film. She definitely yeah. comes across as very complicated and yeah. very conflicted, especially when it comes to her daughter, Z. So hearing about how you were accepted into the family, you know, a lot of filmmakers have a rule or at least the idea in mind that they're there to observe and they're just yeah. going to be there and see what unfolds in front of the camera. And yet in your case, you, even though you stay behind the camera, you do get involved in some of these conversations, especially a Brown Z and Bright kidnapping. You're not afraid, or maybe you were afraid, but you still did go ahead and forcefully assert your opinion at times and what you thought Z should do. I'm just curious, when and why did you decide you weren't just going to sit back and observe what was happening, but there were going to be times when you were going to get involved in these conversations? First, I really want to use my camera to understand Z and her parents and to try to listen to them. But sometimes I feel like I'm a human being too. I'm a human, so I also have my own feeling. Sometimes I feel so happy and sometimes I feel I want to get involved. Sometimes I want to speak with them and, and I want to talk with them about my own feeling. And sometimes I feel like I don't care about this. I'm very angry with my protagonist and I just say with I hate her and I hate the way her talk with another people and the way she flirting with boys and I think it's very dangerous. This time I didn't care about much about the rule and I think as I I had my own feeling. In some cases I just simply I feel like in my heart and in my mind, I don't care. I don't care about this. And I need to talk about my opinions and about my feeling. It's really hard to keep balance as a filmmaker. Just keep the camera to observe everything. And sometimes to consider I need to get involved a little bit or not. A little bit of too much. I feel like I get involved too much and I talk to my protagonist. You need to go to school and you need to keep going. Sometimes I feel really confused because I get involved so much and it can change her life. I have to take it like her sister, not a filmmaker. And sometimes I, I feel it's really hard to talk about some decision, just yes or no. And it can be affect to my protagonist's future. 
it's really hard. Like when she asks me, like, should I got married or not? It's just yes, it's very simple. Yes or no questions. And should I get married or not? So it's first, I think it depends on your feeling and it depends on your choice. But when I saw a lot of things happen, I decided to talk about my feeling and no, you shouldn't. And you should go back to school. You will have a lot of opportunity for your life like me. I, for one, really respect the decision that you made to be honest and give your opinion when you felt you should. It came from the heart and it was something that you felt you needed to do. And I would also add, it certainly created a lot of additional drama in the film. <laughs> yeah, so, so much drama. Yes, so much drama. One of the things that I found really fascinating about the film is that it kind of upends some of the expectations we might have of an ethnic community like this in the mountains of Vietnam. You know, you might expect from looking at their traditional dress, for instance, and some other aspects of their culture, that they wouldn't be such hard drinkers and explicit speakers of heavily sexualized language and innuendo and use a ton of profanity. And yet we see all of those things in your movie. Were you at all surprised by that when you started to spend a lot of time in the community? In Vietnam, we also drink so much. <laughs> Vietnamese people are ethnic people. And I, I feel so, when I came to to Paris, to France, to show the films, and there was one Parisian person that asked me, like, he feels that like the, uh, the Hmong people drink so much. And I say, yes, they drink so much. And I also see it in France, too. <laughs> and everybody was laughing. And it's was, it was so funny. And for the adult people talking about sexuality or something like that in front of their children. It's the same thing when my mom and her friend, they're working on the film and they're talking about this. And when I was a child, I feel very ambitious about that. Oh my God, mom, don't say that. And I just, what? And I just left with my friend when we released the film in Taiwan and, and for Asian audiences, the way that the moms call my protagonist, like uh, it's very Asian way for the parents to talk with their children sometimes. And it's very common in Asian. <laughs> you know, the role of alcohol, it's not just that they drink a lot, but it's yeah. the way alcohol is used in certain ways Yes, that makes it quite important actually. So in the context mm -hmm. of, for instance, the bride kidnapping, we see that it's almost used as a way to yeah. heal a contract, a union yes. between the man yes. and the woman. And they also use this thing called breakup wine. So <laughs> yes, it's used exactly. in the opposite way, which is take a drink to get married and take a drink if you want the marriage to be called off. Yes. What can you say about how alcohol is used as a part of the traditions? I think the alcohol is a part of tradition because when we live on the high gift mountains, and the weather's very cold. And I think the uncle keep us feel warm and keep us feel more communicate with each other. And somehow it's help us feel like, feel more happy when we live in very boring, highest mountain with very cold weather. And we can drink with each other and we can talk about our feelings. 
more easier when we get drunk. So that's why I feel the way the people use alcohol in the modern Vietnam, because they live very long life, pretty boring life. I also, I don't know how to drink, but when I follow the parents, now I know how to drink a lot <laughs> and also enjoy it like the parents. I want to talk about a pivotal scene in the movie. It's the Lunar New Year party. And spoiler alert, it's also where Z meets a boy called Vang and goes off with him. I wanted to ask you what it was like filming in this giant celebration. It's outdoors. There's tons of people around. And you're both trying to capture the sense of this big event. But also, you're following Z around because you know, I'm sure, that something might happen that's really important in her life. Oh, this was a nightmare with me. This was really hard because the mom, she always tell me, you need to follow Z and you need to protect Z and you have to follow her everywhere. And I'm afraid that someone will kidnap her. And I think I need to try to follow my protagonist, but she refused. She refused so many times and she hide from us and she make it out with her friends and me and I with her mom was like, where is she now? Can, uh, where is she now? And I don't know. Can you call her? No, she not pick up the phone. She didn't pick up the phone. And yeah, it's really hard to find her. And I can find her because I, I also have her friends' phone numbers. And I call to them like, where is she now? And they say, ah, we're here with and that's where I can find her. And when I film her playing around with her friend when Lunar New Year party on the big, very big celebrate with a lot of people. And sometimes she ran and hide and it's really hard to find them on the bunch of people around us. And it's really hard to film. Finally, when I saw her talking with Van, the boy, and then somehow I have a little bit weird feeling about these guys. And I tried to talking with his friend. I also met his friends and to know about his family and where he is living. We also have a little bit like lunch together to know about Vang and about his family. And that's why, as you can see in the film, I can follow Vang walking with Z after celebrate Lunar New Year festival party together. I don't know why, but when I met Wang, I had a really weird feeling about this guy. And it's just like somehow in my mind, in my heart, there's what went like a club. There was a ding, 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 ding. It's dangerous. So after Z and Vang go off together, you go back to the family home. Yes. Where her mom is trying to find out more about where she is and about Vang's family. And at one point you say to Z's father, let's get your daughter back. Yes. And he says, it's their issue. In this moment, you seem to be crying behind the camera. How frustrated were you with Z's parents at this moment? At this moment, I feel like everything is my fault because the mom, very clearly, she told me it's a very dangerous day. She disappeared in front of my eyes and I don't know. I cry a lot. I also know there is some father, mom father, they came immediately to the boy house to, to take their daughter back. 
And that's why I asked the dad there, now can you go to the boys and how and t- just simply took her back from our house and he said no. And why do you think he didn't do that or didn't want to do that? Because he truly believed it was their choice or he had his own conflicted reasons? He's just very simple person. He believed in his culture. He believed the Hmong people will respect his daughter and they will protect her. Like the family of the kidnapper have to respect the girl and have to show everything beautiful in their life for my protagonist. And so that's why he said, I don't want to get involved. But I feel really hard to accept this. I think a father needs to protect their daughter. So that's why I asked him about this, but he didn't want to get involved. So that's why I feel so badly about this choice. And that's why I cry so much because I think it's my fault or thing happened with Z is my fault. Well, I'm sure the family didn't feel it was your fault. You were probably just being too hard on yourself, but it also is a sign of how close you became with the family. Yeah. The whole last part of the movie follows the drama of what happens after Z is kidnapped. Is she going to marry the boy? Is she going to refuse? When Z and Vang return to Z's home, of course, you're there filming it. And it's still not determined whether Z's going to go with him or not. And she's quite conflicted. She's rather upset, actually. And at one point, Z puts her hand over your camera lens to get you to stop filming. Yes. And my question is, how did your relationship with Z change over the course of filming, especially once things got to this point with the possible marriage to Vang? I think first, when I filming in 2017, we like friends, but in 2018 and 2016, when she growing up, sometimes I play a role as her older sister. And when the bride kidnapping scenes happen with her, we doubt each other. Yeah, I doubt her because I just feel she really hard to understand her, what she needs for her future. And she wants to get married or not. And I, sometimes I feel really angry because she didn't take any advice of me for her future from her teachers. And Z, she doubt me because she feel I didn't do anything to help her, just filming her. And it's really hard. And I don't speak Hmong language. And I just speak Vietnamese. When I listen, Z parent and Z talking in Vietnamese, I can understand. But when they talk with each other in Hmong language, I really doubt because they say, they don't want the boy and his family kidnap her. They say with me, but when I see me and I, I saw them actions, it's like a very different way. And I started to doubt everything about my protagonist, uh, her parents, and I didn't believe in them. And Z too, when she back to her house and I know she totally safe, I close my camera and I'm back to Hanoi, the capital of Vietnam, to stay. And I, I was very angry with Z and her parents. And Z was very angry with me too. And I didn't come back to her house in six months. But after this, when I come down and I realized we have to talk with each other about our feeling about this. And that's why I come back. And yeah. And I keep continuing to film her one year after this. I wanted to ask you about a really touching moment in the film when you interview Vang alone yes. to get his thoughts. 
And we learn that in spite of this very aggressive act of kidnapping Z, he's actually a pretty shy and sensitive young yes. man. And he admits to feeling lost and that he's just a child himself. How do you think bride kidnapping affects the boys? Yeah, I really want to talk about it because first, if we just simply think the woman, the victim of the bride kidnapping, but when I went to the village and I saw the people and I realized life is not simply black and white, it's a lot of color and the man was affected by the bride kidnapping culture so much. And they also feel lost and they also feel sad and lonely and feel complicated about this. And especially with Vang, the boy who kidnapped Z, when it happened, he don't know why he did it. And he don't know how he need to do at this moment. I feel very sorry to Vang. And I try to understand his feeling. And we have, he have very long talk with the boy a lot as a girl when the bride kidnapping happened. They also have very complicated feeling. You show in a just a very efficient way, I think you show that this responsibility is a huge burden that he is ill-equipped to handle because he himself is not much older than a child. We've talked about how you're not just an observer of these events, but you're very present and to some extent directly involved. And that reaches its climax. And here's another spoiler alert for people in the film's climactic moment, when after much talk and negotiation, Z is dragged, kicking and screaming out of her house by Vang and his parents. It's a harrowing moment. It's rather frightening. And you're there, not only filming, but you're trying to stop it. Can you take us through those moments? What were you thinking, doing, and what kept you through it all filming? The parents, they told me in Hmong culture, just only sister and younger brother allowed to help her physically pull her back when the Vang and his family tried to kidnap her again. And they allowed me as the older sister simply pulled her back. And at this moment, the, my protagonist called me to help her and I put my camera down and I tried to pull her back. I believe I, I have this power, but when the grandmom stopped me, she hold me and she stopped me like, let me go. You're not allowed to doing this. And I realized I'm just the parent have this power to stop this process. So I turned my camera back to call her, to call the mom. And she came and helped her. And yeah, it's, it's really hard in, in, in this moment. And it's the first time I saw bride kidnapping in real life. And wow, yeah, it's really hard. So the big question of the film is, what is the right thing for Z and also for Vang, but really for Z? Tell us once and for all, what's the right thing for Z? In my opinion, the right thing for my protagonist, my little sister, that she needs to continue study back to school and be a independent girl. She can do whatever she wants after she finishes high school and she become a independent person. So that's why I, when I realized she is a independent person now, I start filming 
and I back to Hanoi. But I keep continue to talking with her. I think the best way for her is back to high school and studying. And as someone who's only about 14, yeah, who should decide what's the right thing for Z? Do you think that she is old enough and mature enough to be able to make that decision about her own life or that her parents should step in and do it? I think it belongs to parent decisions. They have the power to stop right kidnapping. As I see in the so many Hmong parents in this village, they stop this process and they protect their daughters and they call the police teachers came to help them and they don't care about their traditions and they just simply stop it. But I think at this moment, it's the parent decision can affect on her. There is only one only person have this power to stop this process. So right near the end of the film, and this is another spoiler alert, Z breaks free from the clutches of Vang and his family. And at long last, it seems that they will drink the breakup wine and not get married. And so there is a scene back in her house where the two of them drink this wine. It's a very quiet scene. The movie often has so much noise going on, whether it's chickens running around or people partying or just the sounds of village life. But this scene is very quiet. What impressed me the most and really stayed with me is that these two young people, Z and Vang, show the kind of poise that has escaped, I think, all of the adults just about throughout the entire movie. When you see that scene, what thoughts run through your head? When I saw this happen and I have the feeling like, like finally my little sister can be free again. Like finally everything's okay. All problems is end. And so that's why I feel so happy at this moment and feel finally we saved. So the last scene, which goes back to the first scene of the movie, takes place on this mountaintop with Z. It's a bittersweet moment. She's up here on this mountaintop. She's teary-eyed, and she says, I wish I could be a child again. She gets up, she smiles, and says, let's go. And she kind of skips down the mountain. Yeah. Do you think this is a hopeful ending? When I film it, it's really complicated feeling for me. Because as you can see, the rock in my films is like our own places, our own land for the child, for our childhood. But we want to keep it forever. We want to keep our childhood forever. We want to keep everything beautiful, innocence forever. But we have to growing up and we have to face with our problems. And uh, somehow we have to move on. It's a beautiful moment. Films like this or any film only show a snapshot. In this case, it's three years in the life of a girl becoming a young woman. What happened to Z in the months and years since you stopped filming, if you care to say? A lot of things happened. She refused to get married, back to her high school, tried very hard, studying very hard, and got scholarship from one NGO from Australia. And then this scholarship will cover her costs when she going to university, but the COVID came and every school closed and she back to her village and she fall in love and she decided to get married and she's very happy with her own life now. And she decided to preparing for go back to high school next year. 
to finish high school. And she's very happy with her life now, with her husband and her little daughter. That's great to hear. After seeing her go through so many difficult <laughs> moments, it's great yeah. to know that she ended up marrying out of love and that things yeah. are going well for her. So in closing, thank you so much for talking with me today. The film is really remarkable. So how are you going to top this? What's up next for you? We have a plan to show Children of the Mist on Vietnamese cinema theaters late February and early March. We hope it will be a chance to Vietnamese people can understand Hmong people. And we have a chance to talk about the culture and talk about the cinema and talk about the life of Hmong people. I also have some idea to filming in the central highland of Vietnam. And uh, I did some research last year, but I still need more time to figure out about the subjects of the films. We wish you all the luck in the world. Your first film has set a very high bar, but I have no doubt that you'll meet it with your future work as well. So, Siam, thank you so much for being here and congratulations again on the film. Thank you again for listening and for taking your time for my <laughs> English. Thank you. <laughs> You're quite welcome and thank you. Do you have a hidden gem, a documentary film that you'd like to recommend here? Yes, I just watched a film called I Am Slowly Forgetting Your Faces and is right the oldest brother from Iran to his younger sibling in Germany. And it's a first film from one Germany filmmaker too. It's a film about the world, the revolution in the homeland is a long time ago. And I'm not below the generation was raised and born in the world, but when I saw this film, I can have a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm.